Now Probert, oh, Probert, Probert got the right, the right hand free. He's loose with the right hand, and he starts to retaliate, and down goes Nyland, and the two of them are hammering each other. Knights of Columbus, that hurt. It's old time market. Enforcer of all hockey podcasts. It's the biscuit. It's the biscuit. The enforcer of all hockey podcasts. God help the fucking day if fighting's ever been. There's a country will stop working on so bad this fucking can. Hi everybody. It's the biscuit podcast. Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. Hi, Biscuit Babies, you pieces of shit. I'm here with the man, the fucking king himself, Stephen Bentley. How are you, buddy? Hey, great. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. I'm living the dream. I haven't worked in five days. Just fucking talking hockey with my buddies has been amazing. Hey, congrats on the uh, the big news there. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's very exciting around the house. Uh, number three. No less exciting. Yeah. No, no less exciting than number one. <laughs> it, it was pretty cool, and uh, the the baby came so quickly that my wife didn't have time to take off her Red Wings hoodie. So it was even a little, <laughs> <laughs> even a little more special this time around. <laughs> right on. That's awesome, Stephen. I'm not. I'm not going to fucking. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. I don't like the Kings. Hey, I don't blame you. I know you're, uh, <laughs> you're, you're a Blue Jackets guy, right? That's right, buddy. So you know yeah, very well. We stole a couple guys from you there, so yeah, a couple. Like you won us two cups. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're hey, you're welcome, buddy. <laughs> I know. I'll say. I'll say this. I I hated Jeff Carter until just recently when he did the uh, on the bench episodes because those were oh, incre- yeah. those were incredible. Ah, <laughs> uh, Carter's a good guy for what he is. Yeah, we had all this. Uh, all the 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 fans in Columbus are. Um, they're soft, so everybody would they they they'd get sad when Jeff Carter get booed. I'm like, if they want to boo him, let him boo him. Who fucking cares? Oh, yeah. Who cares? Oh, yeah. He's a big boy. He'll be all right. He'll wipe his tears with his hundred dollar bills. Yeah, no, all right. Yeah, let, let the cup collect his tears while he fucking bangs his right. hot wife. <laughs> so yeah, he'll be okay, man. Oh, yeah. and congratulations to you, man, on the engagement, dude. That's exciting. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's uh, on the ice in Vegas, first couple that I know of that did it on the ice in Vegas, so. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, that, fucking Vegas, everybody's loving that shit. Oh, yeah, that's that, that arena is awesome, that team's going to be good in a couple years, so that's exciting. The white gloves, man. It's a nice man. little trip. The fucking white <laughs> it's gloves. It's those white gloves. <laughs> it's, those white, it's those white gloves, dude. <laughs> well, let, let's get into it, man. Last season, 39, 35, and 8. Missed the playoffs for the second time in three years, so you knew some shit was going to go down. They fire, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they fire a coach and the GM, um, but they don't get too crazy with their rehires. They kind of because uh, the the coach was at Stevens, and then uh, obviously Rob Blake, the new GM, were were from within the organization, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Stevens was an assistant coach, and Rob Blake was the assistant GM. So. Now that that seems yeah. to make sense, I I like that. Yeah, um, not the biggest Rob Blake guy, but yeah. See, Rob, 
A Kings fan. I do like Rob Blake, and then you got to shit on me for that. <laughs> they they there, didn't re- there's the whole character thing with, with the contracts back in the 2000s, which I should get over by now, but I can't. I just can't stand someone who wants to take the C off their jersey for a contract negotiation and then ask for a trade, but that's another story for another day. Yeah, that's that's kind of sick, man. Um, yeah. Speaking of C's getting removed, how's your boy Dustin Brown going to be doing this year? You know, last season he went through this whole program with this uh, personal trainer and looked really good, didn't really produce. I happened to go to the game on Saturday, and he looked great. He looked like he was in great shape. He was carrying that line. He was with uh, Kopitar and Camilleri, which uh, I don't know about that. that. That was a good line 10 years ago, but <laughs> Brown was definitely the quickest of the three, which is very surprising. Yeah, they're going to have to find some kind of production from somebody. Um, but when you look up and down the lines here, there's – I don't – who's – I mean, Kopitar is going to have to do it, I guess, or Toffoli? You know, there's – the thought process, obviously, to win a cup formula would be two defensemen, two solid defensemen, two solid centers, and a goalie. And I definitely see the two centers. The problem is the Kings are such a one-dimensional, one-line team and yeah, you're going to have the matchup. Carter is technically second line with Toffoli and Pearson, but teams are going to adjust that real quick, and they're going to shut down that Kopitar line because there's nothing there. Kopitar can't just carry that line on his back. No. No, I mean, it showed last season. He's, I mean, he, when you just had to gun for him, that's it's shut that line down. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the Carter, Toffoli, Pearson line can't do anything because they're getting the big matchup, and they're getting shut down too, so... You know, then you see the Kings scoring one goal in two games, like happens frequently last season, the year before too. And it just, you know, there has to be either a major system change, which there really wasn't. Obviously, the preseason game, take it with a grain of salt, but there really wasn't much of a system change on Saturday with the, the Kings-Canucks game. Yeah. Um, or it's going to have to come from within. And, I mean, there's there's prospects that can move, obviously, Brodzinski, Kempe. But are they bona fide blue-chip top six guys? I don't know. I guess that's what we need to see, but... And I, they're just not getting fuck all for for goals or points, right? Right. I mean, I've never heard of an NHL team getting an offensive coordinator. I think uh, they hired a, a technically an offensive coordinator for the for this season with the Kings, which is uh, strange. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, that's that's some fucking LA shit. Yeah, I don't know what that. That's just grasping. For anything, like please help. We need something. You know, it just it blows my mind. Who was the dude that got in uh, in the fight the other night on Saturday? Uh, that is Curtis McDermott, who is I'm an Ontario Reigns ticket holder, which is the uh, AHL affiliate. Which I'm still upset about the uh, the Western Conference final two years ago. But uh, that's Curtis McDermott. He led penalty minutes for the Reign last season. Um, he got really close to the limit for fighting majors, which I love. A kid just annihilates people. The YouTube Curtis McDermott, that guy is just an animal. Yeah, dude, I like him. Um, is, yeah. is he is he even have a shot at coming up on the roster at all? You know, he does because he is uh, no longer waiver exempt. Uh, himself, Michael Mersh, there's a few other players that I don't think will make the team, but uh, Michael Mersh, who is a pretty big power forward to play this somewhat similar game, but he's a forward, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's coming up, he's waiver eligible, so you would think that in theory, they would send down maybe someone like uh, Kevin Gravel, who is ready to be in the NHL, to keep up McDermott, just because he has that toughness, but he's also waiver exempt. So there's going to be some uh, some finagling here at the end of the training camp, for sure. Yeah, especially if he keeps um, you know playing with that edge, because 
they're going to need somebody to protect Dowdy's fucking mouth from talking all the time because he's not going to do it himself, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Losing uh, Matt Green, that's something that obviously he's an older guy. He's a slower guy, but he definitely always had the boys back. And, you know, uh, this new guy, they got Christian Folin and Oscar Stantenberg. They're great players. I saw them both this weekend, but no one really brought the toughness except for McDermott. So, yeah, definitely needs some protection on the blue line. That's that's what I noticed. I caught um, a little bit of it Saturday, and I was like, well, fuck yeah, that guy's awesome. Because yeah, the rest yeah. of it was kind of, you know, ho-hum, but uh, he brought – Brought them as as much to life as he fucking possibly could, and I know it's a very unpopular stance um, in hockey today. But uh, I'm glad to see a guy out there still giving it giving it like that. And I thought he was I thought he was great. Absolutely. Um, if you actually, like I said, YouTube him. There's a play from a couple of seasons ago. It's day after Christmas in San Diego, and that's actually where I live. Uh, the Rain were playing the goals, and he just lit up. I think it was Stu Bickle crossed the blue line and just lit him up. So definitely look up that hit. And then there's the ensuing fight, which I don't remember who he fought. That was a couple years ago, but absolutely pounded him. He does that every night. So yeah, dude, and he wasn't like a, he didn't, I, I mean, I don't know his, his uh, size, but he just seemed just like a fucking animal. Like he was loving yeah. it and it, it, it was great to see. Uh, so He's probably my own, the only player I like on the team. But <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a breath of fresh air, for sure. There's a lot of guys in the Kings who, uh, you know, the Kings were kind of known as that big, tough team in the cup years, and they've kind of lost the toughness but kept the slow yeah. grind mentality, but they're not tough. Yeah. And there's something about, like, having that black sweater on, dude. There, there's got to be some dude that can just fucking throw down on the team. It, it just well, needs yeah, to I happen. Mean, you look at the greats we've had, um, you know, I mean, you can go down the line, but Stu Grimson, obviously, is, or Marty McSorley, those are two guys who grew up watching. So, I mean, to see that as a child, you know, to now where it's like, well, okay, we're kind of just standing around watching. Yeah. There was the play uh, last season, I think, when Dowdy was getting into it with, was it Kachuk with the Flames? Yeah, 18-year-old Kachuk. Yeah, and... It's like Dowdy was running his mouth, obviously, but no one's backing him up. And it's like, that's your, uh, that's your alternate captain there. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Yeah. And that's an 18-year-old, dude. And he, I think he knew that nobody was going to do shit to him. So he was fucking just taking runs at Dowdy and getting away with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gave him a so fucking – something needs to change. Gave him an old fucking WWE fucking elbow too. Right. Absolutely. Is it, It's not WWE, is it? It's just WWE. No, it's WWE. You got it. Oh, see, I know my shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's that's you brought up a good point. Those Cup years, they were a tough team, man. They they weren't uh, they were not pushovers, and they won. A, I think a lot of games, close games, um, and putting that toughness on a team in the playoffs. You're you know, it's either going to work for you and you're going to win, or you're going to fucking crumble. And they they got away with it. Absolutely. I mean, that St. Louis series they played in 12, they just physically they just matched them. And mentally, look what happened. St. Louis didn't even stand a chance. So, I mean, there's definitely something to that. And it's the same with the, the Coyote series in 12, too. Yeah. It's, it's super physical. And, I mean, St. Louis is still getting over it. With physicality. So. Yeah. St. Louis is still getting over it. Yeah. They, absolutely. They, it's like stepchild beat them, and they just have not been the same, dude. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. I, I had them missing the playoffs last year. I just had a bad feeling about the team. I have them missing again this year. I think if Quick, though, with how – when he did play, uh, he was pretty – you know, Jonathan Quick. I mean, he's a good 
good goalie, but the, as as he gets older, and I'm just I'm the, I'm worried about the D in front of him, and I'm worried about how many games he's going to have to play to get this team on the edge of making the playoffs. Definitely, I agree. One thing with Daryl Sutter that he was really notorious for, and that goes back to his days with uh, Mika Kippersoff and stuff in Calgary and uh, Nabokov in San Jose, is he overworks his goalies. And, I mean, yeah, that's great when you're in your early 20s, but you start getting to your late 20s, early 30s, having growing issues. You know, you can't play these 70 games a season. So, I mean, yeah, Quick's the, one of the best goalies. If not the, I, I think, personally, he's the best goalie in the game. That's subject. Obviously, Carey Price is right there, too. But, uh well, you got to say, Quick's at least top top one, two, three American goalies for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, no doubt. But, you know, now you're going to, okay, who's your backup goalie? Well, you don't even know. It could be uh, Campbell. It could be Darcy Kemper, who's coming from Minnesota as a free agent. I would trust them. I would like to see Kemper game? honestly do it. I think he could help, you know, play 20, you know, 20, 25 games for him and take a little bit off of Quick. Absolutely. I've actually was blessed to see Kemper play um, – he was in double-A ECHL when the Rain were ECHL, and he played in Ontario for about 20 games, and he was phenomenal. So I'm very happy to see him there. But, again, can he take that workload? We'll see. Is uh, Zakoff still with the organization? Yes, he is. He's probably starting with Ontario. Um, don't know how true this is. I heard quite a few rumors that they are trying to shop him around. Does the team need that goalie? Who knows? I have, someone could probably use him. Um, if you have Kemper and Zakoff there, I don't think there's any reason to keep Zakoff down in the AHL. I think he's, I think he's ready to be a number two somewhere. Definitely, and you have like, Campbell there too, and you have this new kid, Cal Peterson, who is uh, the captain of Notre Dame, and he's uh, he's a oh, very good holy fuck! He plays for LA. Yeah, he signed with LA this uh, this summer. Holy shit, dude! He's so fucking good. Yeah, he signed this summer three year deal and. Uh, you know, the, the pipeline's definitely full again in L.A., so... Oh, fuck. is going to be good again? <laughs> God damn it. That's the plan. Okay, so <laughs> you fire quick, get rid of Kemper and fucking uh, everyone else, and you play Peterson now. He is a fucking stud. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen Phil. Obviously, I don't get to see too much college hockey in California, but, you know, from what I've seen, there's a little bit on CBS Sports, and, you know, obviously YouTube's a great resource, but that guy's phenomenal. Just a solid goalie. Yeah, solid goalie, uh, a great uh, dressing room dude. Um, he 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 wore the C in Notre Dame. Yes, which is phenomenal. Yeah, the that's, only goalie I've heard of doing that I can think of was Luongo back in Vancouver a long time ago. So they fucking it's yes. I can't believe it's actually banned in the NHL. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Roberto. Yeah, like cool, <laughs> cool guys, cool Batman. Would take everything away. Why? It doesn't fucking matter if a goalie has a C on or not. Yeah, you know, Batman's got an agenda. I don't know what it is. That guy is just. Uh, that's another another podcast, but that guy is a madman. Yeah, we'll have a hate cast for him one of these days. We need to have you, myself, you, and Fourth Liner need to do a a three way podcast about Batman hate. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> I'm not even sure he knows who <laughs> Gary Batman is. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he could work on hating him, though. That's for sure. Oh, that, I mean, that, that brings up a uh, a good um, segue here. I'm sure you've been voting. I know I've been voting, but uh, Fourth Line Voice is running a Enforcer tournament right now, and it's been a lot of fucking fun on the internet. I think we're in the second round now, but you guys should get on Twitter and go vote on that shit. It's it's been a blast. 
Yes, absolutely. I've been getting on my Twitter and it has like 120, you know, 99 notifications. It's just a bunch of Canadians calling me a fuck boy for, for voting for like Dave Schultz. <laughs> How can you be a fuckboy for voting for Dave Schultz? That's insane. Because he, they had him in the first round against Colt Nor, and he, I don't know, dude. I, they were I, I, Colt Nor was phenomenal for, for but he's ah, that's dude. I, 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 I yeah, I said you know intimidation alone. I think Dave Schultz grabs Colt Nor and he just shits his pants. But absolutely, dude. I they almost had me crying. They were making fun of me so bad. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, is it a Toronto bias? Like, what? Dude, I don't, it, that has to be, I mean, <laughs> that has to be a lot of it, you know, not wanting to pick a, a flyer and, you know, Colton being and the badass he was for Toronto. Now. That's what I was like, dude, there's not, not a fucking, nine out of ten times Schultz has taken him, dude. How is that even a matchup? That was a horrible matchup there. He was fucking <laughs> pulling the names out of hats, dude. <laughs> And that's how he set it up. I think there's oh no other God. way to do it. I, I guess. But there are some of them. <laughs> you're just like, ah, oh, how am I supposed to fucking pick between these guys? What the fuck? And then, yeah, I the did one- see that. Who was it that was uh, saying that Sean Avery should be in there and should be high ranked? I don't know who that was. I kept seeing that. Oh my God, that was another some ass clown. I don't. I can't believe he was even brought into the tournament conversation. That's, he's not even an enforcer. He was a pest. But he wasn't an enforcer. <laughs> no, it's not a fucking like diva shit talking contest. It's a goddamn right. enforcer tournament. Right. It was. It was the same guy that fucking likes Colt Nor over Dave Schultz. He brought, brought up <laughs> Sean Avery somehow. It's like, I don't, man, you guys are losing your fucking minds, dude. You new age kids are out of your minds. Yeah, you've lost it. <laughs> if you don't think yeah. there's a place for a fucking enforcer on the fourth line, I hate you. <laughs> buddy uh what do you what do you predict out of your your kings this year man what do you see uh, going down you seem close to the team you've seen them play you know what's what's gonna happen what's gotta happen what do you think's gonna happen you know all the planets have to align for them to even think of the playoffs i'm gonna say 10th or 11th place in the west right um the, the problem now is the same problem that's been since 2015 is who's going to play on the wing with Kopitar. You can't put, obviously, Dwight King, you can't, you, you, he's not on the organization anymore. But you can't put a Dwight King, you can't put Trevor Lewis and expect him to work with Kopitar. You have a world-class center, you have to have a world-class winger. No, Trevor, Trevor Lewis has quote. no business being up there with Kopitar, ever. Right, absolutely. There was a Dean Lombardi quote from years ago, right before actually they traded for Jeff Carter that says in drafts he would rather take a center over a winger because a top six center is impossible to find, but a top six winger comes easily. But no one can seem to solve the problem. So I don't, I don't know what has – obviously there has to be a first-line left winger. You can't sign Camilleri. You can't – I mean, I love Pruss, but you can't – why would you put Pruss on a PTO? Uh, dude, and I know I heard a lot about Dustin Brown being dealt last year or, you know, being put up for the Vegas draft. Is there any any chatter about him being dealt out this season as well? Not at all, but I will tell you something interesting that I have heard several times. Um, for, by the way, I have nothing to do with his blog, but Mayor, at Mayor NHL is the best coverage for LA Kings at all, ever. Is his stuff on prospects is phenomenal. His rumors are nine times out of ten spot on. There's been a lot of talk about doing something with Gabarik, 
whether that is putting him on waivers, whether that's trading him for a conditional pick. Um, Gaborik was definitely talked about getting bought out, but then he got he was injured. Yeah, he had to get surgery in the off season. Uh, um, Gaborik, no, not at all. I don't, I I would rather I, I I again I'm hearing that I'd rather see that definitely need to do something. Um, the problem with the the Kings right now is there's no prospects to trade. There's no prospects coming up. You have your Kempe, Brodzinski, but are they really, again, are they blue chip? The only prospect the Kings have right now is Paul Ledoux. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be the next top four defenseman, but that's three to four years out. Now, is Gabrick healthy right now? He is not. He's still, I think it was a knee surgery that's been bugging him for a couple seasons, so he's still coming back from that. I'm hearing middle middle to end of November. And then, of course, when that happens, Camilleri's going to get assessed and the whole roster. You're only 20, 25 games in, you can assess from there, see what you're going to do. But Gabrick is not healthy. He is skating after sessions at camp right now, um, but he's not ready to go. He won't be there for the beginning of the season, barring anything unforeseen. He's not going to be ready until about November, mid-November. Uh, he was one of the players um, that you guys took from Columbus that I, I didn't mind seeing go. Uh, he he. He didn't help Columbus out at all, and it really, really seemed like he did not want to be there. So, there, that's you know, and I see that a lot with these. With well, you know, with Gaprick, I happened to follow him on Instagram and Twitter, and I just see him partying in the French Maldives or whatever. I'm like, I mean, I understand you were hurt, but shouldn't you be training or yeah, something? Yeah, at least get a fucking just, get a stick in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. I see that with some of the prospects. I'm not going to name. But I see a couple of the Kings prospects that are out partying in Europe, and I'm like, you guys, you should probably be skating and weight training yeah, cause they're, and not drinking every day. Because there are guys are that are training and, you know, skating and, you know, getting at it. So uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that's not going to – when you make it, you know, to the to the show, to the NHL, that's uh, – it's not going to work. You know, you can get away with it up to a certain point, but then uh, that's going to stop. Absolutely. Do is there any? I mean, with them being in the Pacific, it's going to be they're going to have to play out of their minds to get to the playoffs. Definitely. I mean, not only do you have to worry about Edmonton now, yeah, but you still have Anaheim, who's still a powerhouse. You For still sure. have San Jose, who's not terrible. They're not done yet, I don't um, think. Arizona is going to be the surprise team of the season. I think they're crazy I interesting. The past two or three years about Columbus, now I'm saying it about Arizona, because obviously Columbus, you can't, they're not a surprise team anymore. They're supposed to be there now. Right. Arizona is the surprise team now, for sure. I've been watching these guys, obviously, for years, and they've been pick, getting these guys like, you know, Domi and Duclair, who's, eh, but he's definitely getting there. And, I mean, Arizona is going to be a handful. I agree full-heartedly. Uh, they're, uh, they, if they made a wild card spot, I would not be shocked at all. Absolutely, I 100 agree. I definitely see that. And uh, you know, they had what they got. Anti uh, who Ronta in the net. Ronta, yeah, they got they Ronta in the net. Yarmolson, uh, Doming. Yeah, dude, they the the moves they've made. That team is is young, talented, fast, tough. They're going to be not only uh, you know good, but they're going to be fun to watch. That's going to be a, good, a fun team to watch. That, that's yeah, absolutely. They're going to be what everyone I think expected Edmonton to be. Edmonton to be last season and this season. That's going to be Arizona. Yeah, I, I would imagine um, 
a lot of my West Coast, you know, because I'll watch the East Coast games, and then uh, before I go to sleep, I'll put on the West Coast games. I'm sure I'll be stopping by uh, Arizona games quite a bit this season. Absolutely. They're going to be exciting. So that's that's my dark horse out of the West. And, again, I don't think L.A. is going to do unless somehow, some way, they can get Duchesne or Indescog or something, or they can get someone out of the blue to play on the wing of Kopitar. That's number one. Then number two is finding uh, another defenseman. If the Kings can't do that, they can't do it from within the organization. They're done, and they're not going to be good for a while. Dude, I'd like to see Landon Scott go out there. Yeah, that'd be very interesting with Kopitar. That'd be very, very interesting. And Brown. Are they from the that same be... country? No, uh, I think Kopitar is the only NHL player from Slovenia. Okay. Which is like this little country in the middle of nowhere. So Right. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, can't, can you even pick three stars on this team? You're not going to like it, but obviously I think Dowdy is one of the top players in the league. Quick. And uh, I really like Pearson. Do you? I really like Pearson. That's that's one play. I, I would rather lose to Foley over Pearson, and I like to Foley a lot. Now, Dowdy, I, well, Dowdy two seasons ago made me respect him at least because he played like, a, like the Norris Trophy that they gave him. Uh, he really deserved it. Um, and then I thought last year he was back to his his annoying ways. So it, we'll see what what happens with him. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, if you don't mind about that, actually, because there's something kind of bugging me. If, if I got like two minutes, let her rip. Uh, biggest reason why Dowdy is like that. There's two big reasons. Number one is losing Willie Mitchell. Willie Mitchell was basically like his big brother. He kept Dowdy in line. He kept him cool, calm, collective. Once Mitchell left, Dowdy changed a lot in his on ice antics. Off ice, he's like one of the greatest guys in the world. The reason why Dowdy had such an off season last season, and I love Derek Forbort, but he had to cover for Forbort. Forbort is definitely a five or six defenseman, not a two defenseman. Mm-hmm. And Sutter kept putting Dowdy with Forbort. That goes to what I was saying about having two centers, two defensemen, and a goalie. If you don't have that second line defenseman, who Jake Muzzin would be a perfect fit, mm-hmm. but Jake Muzzin would be a perfect fit with Dowdy. Yeah, there needs to be. The Kings have not been the same since Boynoff. Who fuck him? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> but how? I mean, the way what he did to his girlfriend or wife or whatever is unexcusable. I would never want to see him in a Kings jersey again. Wait, what did he do? But uh, oh, he beat her senseless, and she was gushing blood all over the place, and Jesus she was knocked out. Christ, Slava Boynoff did that. Yeah, back yeah, in yeah. Uh, fourteen or fifteen yeah, in the lockdown, him. I believe. Fuck him, then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck that guy. But um. If they could find someone to play second line defense and put Muzzin with Dowdy, because back in the cup runs, that's when they had Mitchell there, that's when they had Green there, you had a good solid defensive core, but there's no one to cover that second defensive line. Now, is there anybody in the pipeline that you could see coming up and maybe coming up with Dowdy? And, you know, being like uh, a Zach Wierenski type player and coming up and having like a rookie year like that? You're going to see a lot of Paul Ledoux. Um, he is out of the Nord- uh, Notre Dame. I'm sorry, out of North Dakota. Excuse me, North Dakota. Don't ever want to mix those two up. No. <laughs> um, he He's going to be a very good defenseman, but he's more of a 3-4 guy. Um, and he's about a year or two off, but he's great. Um, Kevin Gravel is very good. He's a 5 or 6 guy. Again, Derek Forbort, he's a 5 or 6 guy. But there's not really that Slava Voinov esque player that can take over at least right now that I can see um, is there one coming 
I don't see the next two or three years, but, you know, uh, I really liked that Fantenberg kid yeah. um, out of Sweden when I saw him on Saturday. If he can consistently play like that, because I've always seen that's the first time I've ever seen him play, um, I could definitely see him in a couple years blossoming into that player. But as far as this season, you're not really going to see anyone that's going to blow you out of the water. Kempe, if he can come to camp and shape, and he's a forward, obviously. Um, but really, there's not, like I said, there's not a prospect in the Kings organization that's going to blow anyone's minds. How are really they? Isn't. How are they cap wise? Uh, struggling. I want to say they have about five and a half mil tight, uh, a free space right now. But again, they have no prospects or picks really to trade for anyone. Right. They're in a they're in a so, rough spot as an organization, man. Absolutely. You know, if it takes a couple years of losing though and get some picks like you know back in the day, because I'm a lifelong Kings fan. So, yeah. You know, obviously the two cups and three is phenomenal. If they have to be kind of eh, for the next four or five years and we get some good prospects out of it, I definitely don't mind that. I'd like to see us win the cup this year, but that's definitely not happening unless there's some major changes. Right. Well, and you know that's that's part of being a fan of a team, man. There's ups and downs, and like you said, you did two cups out in three years or whatever it was. Uh, that can keep you happy for a while, you know. There's one more thing that I want to go before. I don't know how long we got on this, but one thing that I was actually talking to my buddy about at the game on Saturday is Kings fans. We need to let go of the past. Obviously, the two cups in three years is phenomenal, greatest hockey times of my life. Besides the games that I play in. But we need to let that go, and the next cup is the best cup. So I think from the top-down organization-wise, even president, vice president, GM, I feel very, even the fans in the stands, I feel everyone's very complacent. And that's been something that they've been struggling with for a while, too. So Well said, man. That's, that that, that's a very good point. Um, it's a hard thing for any sports fan, especially you know when – you live and die with your team. There's, I know uh, people think it's silly often, but uh, you know, if it's something that you enjoy and something that uh, makes you happy, you know, people can suck a dick. But there's a there's a point though when when you're at the the stadium uh, and you know, and it's been you know seven years or whatever, six years since you last won one or a couple of years. It's time to you know let them do what they have to do as a business and get back to that winning winning point. Absolutely. If the Kings decided they needed to trade, who I love, they like, hey, we need to trade Kopitar to get so and so. If that helps them win the next cup, then Kopi, I love you, but you're gone. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of fans are very nostalgic about it. And again, like I said, I think even the organization from the top is very nostalgic. If you go to the games, it's like all they show on the scoreboard is it's the banners. Yeah. They'll show in between, you know, in between whistles, they'll show like a cup highlight. It's like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> that's the past. Let's win the next one and stop worrying about the last one. It's, uh, yeah, anytime I say something to my wife, she just starts counting to 11 for the Stanley Cup right. for the Red Wing. I'm just like, man, fuck, come on. <laughs> it was the, they won four of them in nineteen the nineteen fifties. What the fuck? Yeah, there was five <laughs> teams to beat. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They beat. There's fucking six teams. God, Toronto fans. Toronto fans. That's what the Habs fans, man. I don't even think you deserve. You know, a bunch of those cups. Taking, I'm taking well, them yeah, back. It's like, hey, we're the best team in the world. We have the best players. So yeah, no one can have these guys. Yeah. And we're going to beat the other five teams every year for forever. For 20 years. Ooh. Until the fucking Americans come in. Right. <laughs> Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, dude, this has been a blast, man. I'm, I'm so happy you came on. And, uh, you know, 
you guys will be back. It's it. it oh yeah, it's cyclical, dude. It, it's all come back around. Um, Absolutely. Hey, as long as we beat the shit out of the ducks and the sharks, I'm okay with that. Hey, but little little battles, little victories, man. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with that, dude. <laughs> hey, but you're gonna fucking beat the shit out of the Golden Knights now too. Why not? Uh, I have a soft spot for it, man. Dude, I do too. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. I like. I didn't give. I don't know it, about their Twitter account, but I definitely have a soft spot for them. It, like I liked when the Wild came around, but like I didn't give a shit about Atlanta. Like I didn't really care that Winnipeg was coming back. Like there's something about that Vegas team. Where I'm like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. I think it's the fact that it's an untapped market, and I'm, I'm a big ECHL AHL guy. So when I used to see the Rain play the Wranglers, and they were in Vegas, and they drew eight thousand people on a Tuesday after a Tuesday night game, I guess phenomenal. Yeah, they have fans there. Yeah, UNLV. There's a lot of hockey stuff going on there. Yeah, it's a it was a good a good decision for Plus the I'm NHL. Also, a very frequent visitor of a. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Tell. Sorry, you're breaking up there. I didn't hear the last thing you said. You broke up. Oh no, I'm, we're losing you here a little bit. Where where can they find you, Stephen? Oh, where are we? I hear you now. I hear you now. Uh, you can find me on Twitter s bentley eighty eight. I believe it is. Yes, s bentley eighty eight. And uh, that's am the I... best place to find me to tell me that I'm wrong about everything I just said. Am I allowed to uh, tell tell the Biscuit Babies what, what you're going to do in the future? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you can. My man Steven here is, uh, is in training to be a professional wrestler, so keep your eyes and ears out for him. Um, I'm trying to get him to go full heel, um, but uh, I, that's – that's tough, dude. That's I, I admire that you're going towards that. That's uh, and I wish you the best of luck, dude. Thank you, very much appreciated. Thank you. Are you? Is there an organ organization out there that you're trying to work out with to enter in? Um, there's a couple. I don't want to say anything yet because nothing's official. There's, right. There's two that I'm very in the, in the SoCal area that I'm very interested in. So we'll see where that goes, but. I'll well, let de- you know as soon as yeah, I can. definitely keep me informed, man, and I'll tweet it out and uh, you know watch the YouTube videos butt naked in my in my studio. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, party on, go Blue Jackets, go Kings. <laughs> All right, biscuit babies. That was Stephen Bentley, um, LA Kings fan and uh, a buddy of mine. Sorry, we had a little bit of technical difficulties in there. I don't know. I've had a lot of fucking problems with my internet and router this weekend. So I'm sorry for if there's a little bit cut out there. Uh, I can't make it reappear. I only run one tape, so suck it. Freedom. Hockey. The basket! <laughs>